Welcome into episode 40 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I am happy to be joined once again by my friend Travis Graff of Cats Illustrated. Travis, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm good. There's a whole lot going on. We've got a lot to discuss, obviously, with news of a potential new player that Kentucky has or has not reached out to. There's some rumors of, of contact there. Frank Anslum, a, a top 100, top 150 level kid, uh, he's he's in regular contact with the Kentucky coaching staff. McCurr Maker, reclassification news, potential G, G League information, a whole lot of stuff that we got to talk about. Uh, it should, should be a very, very interesting show but Travis the first guy we gotta address this this news broke late Wednesday evening the fact that Nike Sibande a transfer from Miami University he says that he has been contacted by the Kentucky coaching staff that there's some contact between those those two parties and there's there's been some back and forth with this because the news broke that that interest was there and and when it, the news first broke it really didn't make all that much sense Kentucky has their their recruiting class locked up in at the guard position with you know their point guards they signed Devin Askew they have Davion Mintz signed up and and he's a, a he'd be an actual transfer so he'd have to sit out a year and then come in next year and, and start next year so that that would be his kind of reasoning for being in Lexington um, what what do you know about this kid in general before you know his level of interest and the the contact of all that what did what did what was your first impression when you heard of this news? I was kind of scratching my – it kind of left me scratching my head a little bit because he's a good player. I saw him play against Louisville at the Yum Center this past year. He averaged 14 points or better for his, his three years in Miami, Ohio. But he's not a guy you take whenever – unless you're committing 100% to going small ball, which I never believe Cal Perry's going to do until he does it. He's not a guy you take – when you've got guys like Jaden Hardy and Kennedy Chandler and people like that waiting in the in the wings to possibly come to Kentucky. I think he's a nice player, but I think that there's some stuff that doesn't add up here from what all me, you and David have put together. That's my that's my thing. A the timing of it right now when the Kentucky coaching staff's priority should be ten thousand percent on closing out this class with a big man or two and and you know the, and and just filling out this roster. The idea that they would be in contact with with a, a guy that who's a year away from even potentially playing unless he like unless he gets that tr- the the transfer waiver or whatever the. It just seems like that would not be a priority right now. And and you think of of next year's class. Should he have to sit out this year and and play next year? You do have a guy like Kennedy Chandler that that he just releases top five and Kentucky's included. You do have Devin Askew who who is signed for this year, who's expected to be a two year player. Jaden Hardy is the you know he is the prized possession of this class at the at the guard position. You want to risk. You know, contacting this kid and, and kind of throwing, basically saying, "Hey, this is going to be the your penciled in starter for next year." It just the, the timing made no sense whatsoever, uh, especially given who they've already you know laid so much groundwork and laid the foundation for next season, in the twenty twenty one recruiting class. The timing just made no sense at all. Um, 
and then it made a lot more sense this today uh, after both both you and I, you know, we we were hitting the phones, we had our ears to the ground trying to figure out what the heck was going on with here with this. So. I talked to somebody that would 100% know within the Kentucky basketball program that was extremely unfamiliar with with Sabande as a player, with his recruitment, his transfer status. When all these reports broke that this was happening, there was a lot of confusion. Like, uh, I, d- d- who do you know that got reached out to, and and who who on Kentucky side of thing reached reach out to because that's news to us. So they weren't even certain that you know unless there was a miscommunication or one of the other you know one of the other coaches talked to another there was just a lot of communication about who this kid was and where this news was coming from uh, so it was not as cut and dry as, as people kind of made it out to be that this was a a, a kid that had 100 percent been reached out by kentucky because kentucky wasn't even certain that this is ha- this had happened so w- what do you well, know what I think is weird is you add that on top of what David Sisk has talked about. I'm gonna I'll pull it up here in a minute. I don't have it pulled up, so I don't want to misquote him. But and what I and what I found out at the same time last night, I I know somebody that knows Nike, and I said, hey, could you reach out to them and get them in touch with me? And they he kind of like beat around the bush with it, and he and my guy said that um, he said that Nike was having a bunch of college coaches blow him up right now and he'd get back with me hopefully tomorrow which is today there's still nothing on nike's end from that and well i know he's been talking to a couple of like graphics people and wanting certain graphics so somebody sent me a screenshot of him asking for a graphic saying oh this is sick oh this is nice can i get one of these and it was a uk jersey swap <laughs> and i said hey do me a favor um, ask him if, uh, like, who he's hearing from at Kentucky, like, which is like, which coaches are reaching out to him. This guy, it's not, it's not one of the big. It's a UK editing site. This is the thing. It's like a UK based editing site. So, I think he, like, I think he's trying to push this stuff because he didn't reply to this guy whenever he was asked about the Kentucky stuff in particular. I think he is. As of right now, it seems like this is a clout chase. Yeah. Or he is pushing for Kentucky to recruit him. Because between, like I said, I'll pull up David's stuff here in a second, but between what us three are hearing is it doesn't, something's fishy. It, it is fishy. It, it 100% is. So I reached out to, to some people on Sabande's side, on Kentucky's side, and just, you know, normal recruiting circles to try to figure out, you know, what's this level of interest? Who contacted who? That sort of thing. And one thing that I did that that I did here that, that did become rather clear is, A, he He's from the Indianapolis area, so he knows the Keon Brooks family. He's he's friends with Keon Brooks, um, so that's a connection there. And I also heard that he grew up a big Kentucky fan. So I don't know. So so right from the jump, it definitely seems like a kid coming from Miami of Ohio who said, "All right, I've already been a you know a, a v- very good college basketball player at the MAC level for my first three years in college. I want to." 
for my final for fi- my final year of eligibility go somewhere where I can kind of be in this high profile situation, you know, kind of be in the spotlight a little bit and potentially raise my NBA draft stock, uh, you know, maybe at a school that I grew up loving or, you know, a, a place that could help me reach my NBA dreams. That's, th- that's kind of one side of thing. On another side of things, Kentucky has, they made it clear John Calipari's had his his we don't want to be a hat on the table speech. You know, he's been going through that over the last year. And they have dealt with a couple grad transfers this offseason, talking to grad transfers this offseason, that have been hats on the table guys that have 100%, you know, wanted to reach out to Kentucky and be in contact with them and, and you know, gauge interest there. Not because they want to be at Kentucky, but so they can say, I have been reached out by Kentucky knowing that the fan base is going to blow them up. They're going to get a bunch of followers, a bunch of likes on Twitter, on Instagram, on all That's the all things like media. we talked about here before, the UK Instagram fan pages. There was probably – out of what he reposted himself last night, I said that there's 10 to 15 of those pages that have thousands of followers that made graphics. Talking about breaking news, UK reaches out to Nike Sabande. And it was just – his whole feed was full of that. So I think – like you said, maximum exposure if you include Kentucky in anything. I think he just automatically became a top five transfer just based on interest alone. But I think that uh, here's what Davis said. He said, I would hit the brakes on Nike Sabani at the moment. I've spoken with sources, and the consensus seems to be that someone in Nike's camp reached out to Kentucky, not the other way around. The same person also told me that the staff is more interested in filling the open spots with a Here's the kicker with a pair of big men. Yep. I've been told that he messed this up. I've also been told that by <laughs> at least one coach on the staff has never heard of Sabande. And also an individual told me that Nike is a Kentucky fan is, is friends with Keon Brooks. I'm not saying for 100% certainty that he won't get UK interest, but from multiple sources are saying the um, that's the way things have gone down so far. Man, I wonder where David heard some of that information from. It's almost like, like we talked about we talked to him about some of that stuff. <laughs> but okay, so yeah, there's a lot of of on one end. This could be 100% genuine interest on on Nike's side of things, where he says, "Man, I, I desperately want to go to a school where I can raise my profile in my final year of eligibility. I don't care if I have to sit out a year. In fact, I think there are some early rumblings that he wants to sit out a year so he can develop his game a little bit more, so he can work on his jump shot a little bit. That's that's on one side of things. But on the other, what better way to build your profile, at least in the you know immediately, than to say, Kentucky wants me. For on, on his side of things, he could say Kentucky wants me, and then the Kansas of the world, the Louisville's, the you know the Arizonas, those type of schools can go. Oh, Kentucky's interested in this kid. Okay, this little tiny Miami of Ohio school. Uh, uh, if they're if Kentucky's interested, then then I obviously need to be interested, and then you know that that's where the other high major profile, you know, high major schools can come in and and potentially uh, steal him away from Kentucky, even though Kentucky really isn't even all that interested to start with. So on Kentucky's side of things, and again, 
there could be a miscommunication between, you know, various assistants or, you know, those close to the program, you, you know, one person might have reached out and the others didn't know. There, there, there could be some miscommunication there. But from the individuals that I talked to, there was a major, major question mark next to this kid's name and that he was not uh, – that he w- this was not a general consensus within the U.K. program that this was a legitimate target. I'm under the assumption that – that UK did not reach out and that this was initiated by Sabande and whether that's actual genuine interest of saying, Hey, I desperately want to come to Kentucky or, or not. I'm not certain, but if I were a betting man right now, I would say that, um, that he does not end up at Kentucky and that, that, he he's using this platform again. He's a heck of a player. I think he would he he could be a very very good player at Kentucky, but I just don't think the timing or the fit works right now. And I think instead he is using uh, this platform to potentially you know gauge interest from other high profile schools and and uh, you know instead of going to a, a Vanderbilt or a, you know I, I I don't have the list of who has actually reached out to him in front of me, but the the lower end high majors versus a, a legitimate blue blood program potentially reaching out to them. That I definitely think that's more of the realistic scenario. So like I, I said earlier, this only makes sense to me if UK was committing 100% to play small ball and you just wanted to load up on guards and the way the Calipari's roster is normally constructed and the way it is now, I think Kentucky is set to add one or two more bigs like David said. Yeah. I mean, you you're already in such good position with Jaden Jaden Hardy. You're in such a great position with Paolo Bancaro. Brandon Hundley Hatfield is almost certainly reclassing to 2020 or 2021. Um, you you have those three guys that you kind of see could be the foundation of your of your roster. To instead of going with what their best wishes are, and you know, saying, "Hey, I the, I believe Hardy and uh, Paolo have both said that they want to play with Kennedy Chandler." To basically cut that off completely, would you know? You don't know what that could do to that recruit the, to any three of those recruitments. To have three potential top ten level guys that they could have on the roster at the same time and risk it over a MAC level player. You know, again, no disrespect to the kid. I think he's a very talented player. I think he could play at a, a high profile, high major school. But to to risk the the recruiting dynamics and all of the 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 moving pieces that come with this to pe- essentially pencil him in again unless he's dying unless he says I don't care about playing time you can recruit over me I don't care unless he has that and I've heard that he is 100% a guy that wants to have the ball in his hands and be a star so I highly 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 doubt that that's the case but unless that's the situation I just don't see how this could work in any at any slight and and you do not want to risk that those relationships you've already and built up. How do up. we know that Kentucky isn't having to play damage control right now just based on the on his claims that he's gotten interest? Like exactly. Kentucky, had, Kentucky, for all we know, could be behind the scenes being like, no, 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 we don't know who it is. And then, like we, like you said, one of the uh, somebody close to the program is saying that. Hey, we don't know. I've never even heard of this guy before. <laughs> and then, how fishy does that sound if you're, let's say, Jaden Bradley's dad, and you're asking like, "Hey, what's up with this?" And oh, no, I've never even heard of that guy. Yeah. So that automatically sounds fishy. And Kentucky, from our understanding, has nothing to do with it. Yeah, it. it I, I think it's just 
I think you hit it right on the head. I think if I were to if I were to put money on it, I think 100% that this this comes down to a kid that wants to build his profile a little bit and and you know get a, add a little bit of excitement to his recruiting his recruitment. I just don't see him ending up at Kentucky at, at the very at the very very least. We are so early in the process to where we could even think of this being a a, a legit a, a legitimate possibility. Say maybe a you know one of the members of the UK coaching staff reached out silently and said, "Hey, you know, just kind of gauging interest or whatever." This all happened within the last 24 hours, so you know this isn't something that's been in the works for a while. This is this is all so brand new that that it, it just. None of it makes sense. None of it makes sense at all. Um, I, I genuinely don't think that this is a legitimate uh, legitimate option for Kentucky right now on Kentucky side of things. Not I, I think if they desperately wanted him for whatever reason, they could get him. Again, I, I've heard that he did grow up a big Kentucky fan, but as of right now, I just don't see this being a legitimate option for Kentucky to close out the, the roster. But – one guy that is very likely to close out the roster that we kind of touched on a little bit last week, uh, Frank Anslem, a top 100 to top, you know, depends on who you're, who you're looking at. I believe he's ranked as low as 133 on the rivals rankings, but I think on 24-7 sports composite, he's 85 overall. Whatever it is, he is, you know, toward the bottom of the one of, of the top 100 of the 2020 recruiting rankings. Played at prolific prep last year, which is where Jalen Green went to high school. So high High profile, uh, you know, place to play. Um, a lot, a lot to talk about with him and who he is and his game and his recruitment and all that. So let's start with the recruiting side of things and where Kentucky stands with that. Um, Travis, I believe you're right there with me, um, saying that this is something that a it's moving fast and b that Kentucky has kind of established itself as the heavy favorite. Would you say? Yeah, I believe, yeah, I believe so. I think, a, and I think, for a kid like Frank Anselm, that if Kentucky calls, like you're thankful. Yeah, <laughs> you're very, you're very thankful. I'll, I'll put, I'll go ahead and say that up front. But yes, I, it seems like it's moving quickly. At first, I didn't know what the interest level from Kentucky was going to be, but they do seem to have genuine interest. I like the move if they're adding another big because. I've talked to a few people that do not know each other and people that have seen Frank play, know Frank, um, have played with Frank and have like scouted Frank. And pretty much the best answer I've gotten to describe his game is, quote, he's okay. Most people are a lot <laughs> less lenient than that with their descriptions of his game. And for he's not a guy that can come in and grab – seven, eight rebounds and scored 10, 12 points a game as a freshman. He's, this is the definition of a project right here. This is somebody that KP is going to have his hands full of developing down low. If he were to come, if he were to come to Kentucky. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what's funny is last week on this show, I said something along the line. Uh, we, we talked about Kentucky potentially reaching out to this kid. And, and I said something along the lines of uh, Kentucky scraping the bottom of the barrel to to grab a, a kid like Frank Anselm. And, and there was one guy in particular that reached out to me on, on 
uh, the KSR comment page who said like, oh, that's so disrespectful to say that UK is, you know, at the bottom of the barrel for a recruit and all that. And I'm like, uh, okay, I, I, I get it. I understand that. But, but you do have to understand that this is Kentucky, not LSU or Vanderbilt or, you know, some of the other programs in the SEC or, you know, even throughout college, you know, throughout the rest of college basketball for Kentucky, a, a school that – you know, regularly gets the uh, you know number one recruiting class in the nation. Top ten kids, you know, very rarely goes beneath the top fifty ranks unless they're a, a Kentucky recruit. For them to wait this late to initiate contact with a guy that is ranked as low as one hundred and thirty three in the nation on the rivals rankings, and I've and heard falling. I've heard that there is a very strong chance that he falls below that top one hundred and fifty when the final rankings are out. For them to go that low for a kid, that is by and, and mind you, he is the last prospect you know in that in that in this class that is either you know, available and not going overseas or exploring the G league ranks. So, you know, or exploring their professional options with the other guys being McCurr maker, who we'll talk about in, the, in a little bit. And Kai Soto, who is technically rank, ranked ahead of him, but everybody and their mother thinks he's going to end up going, going the, the pro route. So he is literally the, the, the last remaining big man in the class to say he's not that UK is not scraping the bottom of the barrel for him, I, I mean, how else would you describe it? He is literally the very last option for Kentucky to grab in this class. By very definition, that's what they're getting. That has no bearing on what I think of him as a long-term player or whether I think he's a, a, a good kid or can be a great player in long, you know, in, in the long run. As of right now, given this recruiting class, that is by very definition scraping the bottom of the barrel to grab for him. So I'm not going to apologize for, for that at all. I, I stand by what and I said. Every, everybody, like, I'm always going to bring what I hear about each particular player to this podcast and in my writing. I'm going to be transparent. If I hear, like, Jack and I have heard different things on Devin Askew. Right. I'm more critical of his game than, than Jack. It, it doesn't mean that were uh, being mean toward the kid. It's tempering expectations for the, for the better of the kid, because if he gets here, talk about Anselm, if he gets here and he is AJ Stewart 2.0, like averages two points and one rebound as a freshman. And we were over here talking to him up. That's not fair to him to come in overhyped. Right. Um, we, so I'd like to set realistic expectations for each kid as I see fit from talking to multiple people. And I think that that's best for the kid, honestly. Yeah. So on that note, I talked to Travis, you know, exactly who I talked to an individual that would 1000% know how Frank Anselm plays. We've talked about him on the podcast before. It's no surprise it is somebody that knows his game very, very well and may or may not have been a parent of a former teammate of his, Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, connect the dots there. Here, the the scouting report that I got that basically said, if you want an immediate impact player, this is not the player for you. Frank is a guy that is going to be a two to four year player. Could potentially be wherever he goes to college there for four years. He 
is a massive, massive product project, and you, you the, the the way it was described to me is you can't even kind of hint that he could be a uh, like oh man if you come in and you work hard you could be a one and done you know that type of thing. He is a guy that that you need to look at him in the eyes and say we are going to play the long game with you. You are a high potential kid. You could be an NBA prospect down the road. You could be a Clint Capella. You could be a Nick Richards type guy where it's going to be an adjustment process when you get to when you get to college. But if you are patient with us, you you know, you hit the gym, you you trust our training, you trust our development, you trust Kenny Payne. If if you do all of those things in order, then yes, he could be an elite player down the road. But from what he, given what he is right this very second, I've heard that his hands are absolutely horrible. So fans that that watch Kentucky and watch Nick Richards during his freshman year and remember how frustrating it was to see easy passes down low to him that he would fumble out of bounds or alley oop tosses to him that he would that he would drop. Fans that didn't like that. Be prepared if if Frank does come to Kentucky that that is going to be a, a a legit possibility for him that we could see a a whole lot of that during his freshman year. If, I was watching if he sees the floor. Full, sorry, I I was watching full prolific prep film the other day, full game film from a few of their games this season, and there was two games I remember in particular. I was watching about 15, 20 minute chunks at a time, just skipping around, and. There, if I was not looking for him, I never would have known he was on the floor. Yeah, he there was minimum impact, and he might grab a rebound every once in a while. But like you said, he was constantly fumbling balls left and right, uh, struggling to catch the ball on mobs and rebounds. Uh, one thing he could do, he would he would set good screens, which is I mean that sounds stupid, but that's a key component of a big man's game is being able to set good screens. He set I saw him set some good screens. He'd roll to the basket, but things would get mucked up in the paint. And then play for him would never come to fruition. A lot of times Jalen Green would finish the play. But, yeah, it looks like it's a long, long, long way to go. Yeah. He he (laughs) has the tools to be a legitimate NBA prospect. And that's that's been Kentucky's pitch. They're saying – Okay, we understand that that you know you're a work in progress, but we got you. We have we have literally we, we have dealt with players like you as early as last season. Nick Richards is the perfect example. When he came to Kentucky, no matter what the recruiting analysts say, no matter what, you know, out of high school, he was ranked incorrectly. I mean, I think that's fair to say he was rated as high as the number 1 center in in high school basketball, rated, you know, consensus top 20 recruit. If you watch Nick Richards out of high school, you knew that that's not necessarily what he was going to be right away. He was always going to be a project when he got to Kentucky. I mean, his numbers weren't horrible, but you could, by watching his on-court production, you knew that he was going to be a guy that needed to be around, be in Lexington for two or three years. And that's exactly what he ended up being. He was a massive, massive project year one. He was okay in year two and I think most of that was mostly because of of Reed Travis and PJ Washington kind of manning the middle and they didn't really need him to take that next step up in in year two but in year three he was given that platform to kind of take over he was given that confidence and he took over I mean he was literally an SEC player of the year contender uh, and and, you know now he's going to be drafted when if you thought of him being drafted after last year or the year before you would have been people would have called you crazy so it's not impossible for 
for a guy like Frank Anselm to come in and develop into an NBA talent. But from everybody I've talked to, and it's not just the guy close to the prolific prep program. I've talked to people that that saw him back in Georgia when he played uh, two years ago before before heading over to prolific prep. That that everybody has said, you know, not that he's horrible, not that he's the worst player on 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 the floor, but that he's simply not there yet, and that's okay. I mean, that's Kentucky fans. It, you don't need that type of player if you're looking for a where they are top eighty, top one hundred, top one one thirty. Given his ranking, he's exactly the type of player that that his ranking indicates. So, well, there are some schools that Kentucky typically beats up on on a consistent basis that have taken a hard pass on Anselm. And like I said, I've heard he's a fantastic kid. I've heard he's high character kid. And I think he could be a fantastic three- to four-year player. But for Kentucky's needs next year, if they want to maximize the potential of their roster with two top five kids and Terrence Clark and B.J. Boston and some other key pieces, you need an instant impact guy, and this is not it. Yeah. And if you only get this guy, that means Isaiah Jackson, who I'm really, really high on as being a two-year lottery player, is going to be getting – 30 minutes a game as a freshman. And I don't think that's best. I think he needs to be in like the 20-minute a game category, 20, 25-minute a game category. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think I think definitely think UK needs to add multiple. Yeah, I, and and that that quote from from David with the the we, we talked about that earlier on the phone. But the the fact that Kentucky is expecting to land a pair. Of, of bigs to close out this class should make Kentucky fans feel all warm and fuzzy inside. I promise you. That is big, 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 big news that they do not think that this is the kid that's going to, you know, it, it, it reminds me of the Joker Phillips era in, in, in Kentucky football when, when Kentucky would sign, oh, it's this two-star kid, I swear. You know, he, his offers are from Akron and Toledo and, and you know, Miami of Ohio, but – I promise you, he's a guy that, that has just been overlooked, and and he's you know, I'm I'm glad that we're not going to have to hype this kid up to be more than than what he is initially, and that Kentucky does see him as this long term project, and that they do see a, another scenario where they add a, a high profile grad transfer or you know a, a reclass option or something like that. That that they they're using this as a placeholder for depth. They sign Frank Anslem, long-term, high potential, could be great down the road. Jacob Topin, same exact scenario. High, high potential player, not going to be an immediate impact no matter which way you look at it, but he could be in, in, in two, two, you know, a year or two down the road, he could be a very, very impressive player to get. You know, Kentucky fans want guys that are going to stick around and and can watch them bud the same way that they did with Nick Richards this year. Kentucky, if they do seal the deal with with Frank Anselm in the coming week or two, that's exactly what they're getting out of both Topin and 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 Anselm. I think it's a fantastic idea. Uh, Kentucky fans wanted Coach Cal to switch things up a little bit, and that's exactly what he's doing with this. Uh, I, I don't think. Okay. Go for it. I'll say this with Anselm. I think for this to be a successful roster move, that both sides, Kentucky and Anselm, and his whole circle have to be on the same page and have to expect him to be a three to four year project with minimum experience early on. If 
they're expecting more than that or if there's miscommunication and Anselm transfers one or two years in and you don't see this whole thing through, then this is a waste of a move. That that's Travis right there is the exact point that that I wanted to, to drive home. So the, the the person I talked to at Prolific, they said Coach Cal cannot look him in the eye and build him up internally, make him think that he is something that he's not. Do not look at him and say, man, you know, you, you have all these tools. You can be special. You could be a one and done. Don't even don't even hint at that. Don't even don't even let him think that he could. I mean, I, I know Cal's been brought in other guys that have overachieved and, and all that. And, and Coach Cal's never going to tell a kid that he can't be a one and done, obviously. But look him in the eye and tell him you are a long term project. Don't don't build in that unnecessary hype internally and make him think that he's something that he's not. In fact, I think that was an issue with prolific prep this last year when they got him in, you know, they kind of built him up to be, Hey, Hey, transfer to prolific. You can be a, a, a superstar for us down low. You can be our, our go-to guy down low. And when he got there and he wasn't that, and he spent a lot more time on the bench than usual, it kind of internally made him think, okay, well, I was lied to. This is not what you, you wanted me to. Re- you wanted me to come here to be the star down low. So yes, Travis. While I've heard that he is a great kid, you know, high character guy that would likely see this thing through. You just can't give him the wrong impression. If you tell him that you're gonna that he's gonna be a, a you know a potential one and done, he's gonna go into this season thinking he's a one and done, and he's not. This is a I situation. I don't think Cal Perry would beat him. At, I I don't believe that at all. But I will say that. If he comes to Kentucky, well, here's I'll preface it with this. I think that Kentucky, I'm not 100% sold on him coming to Kentucky. I think, think like we talked about, things are moving fast. UK's in a good position now. Yeah. But based on quotes by his circle in interviews with David Sisk and with others, he, I don't know if UK adds an instant impact big if he's going to 100% come or not. So, yeah, that, that quote where he said that, that, about Matt Harms, if Matt Har- Harms came, that they weren't going to – whatever whatever that was was really, really and odd, the, very odd. It seems, like the inst- it seems like the instant transfer rule is off the table, but there's still going to be a couple more grad transfers out there, possibly reclass, who knows. But the UK is going to have more options, and some out there might be better than Matt Harms. Say so, – this is just a hypothetical. I'm not saying this is happening. Uh, say – star from Wake Forest wants to transfer and Kentucky reaches out to him. That's the dude that's better than Matt Harms 10 times out of 10. Yes. And if he's not, if Anselm's not going to come with Matt Harms, what's he going to do with star? And like I said, guys, I'm not saying this is happening. I'm, this is a hypothetical because everybody's transferring out of Wake Forest due to their new hire. So if that was to come into play or some, just a scenario like that, you like how I'm getting better at saying scenarios this scenario? Yep, absolutely. The, <laughs> proud, proud of myself. The, I, think, I think that Kentucky will have better options. I think pretty much 99.999% of their options right now are better than Anselm. But like I said, Anselm is a guy that could pay huge dividends down the road because if you see this thing out three to four years and both sides buy into it, then – Three four years down the road, Kentucky's not in the situation that they are now due to their lack of taking kids like this in the past. 
Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a long-term project guy, you know, a, a, a piece of clay that you can mold into a, a, a Nick Richards type guy, I mean, it's, it's a genius, genius idea. I am not – I want Kentucky to make this happen under the right circumstances. Yeah, if, if – there were some telling quotes in some of the most recent interviews that he did that kind of made you think, like, okay, is is his camp hyping him up to be more than than what he is initially? Does he think that he's an instant impact guy? I mean, I've heard that that even redshirting him a year is 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 a better option for you than you know potentially asking five ten minutes. I mean, I, I know depth and all that. It, Cal probably won't redshirt him, but he he's in that range of guys where you just want him to to not even worry about this year. Don't Cal Cal does not even need to hint that he can be a, an instant contributor on this roster because you, you know I, I, some of the quotes were like, oh, he can be. I, I, in fact, I talked to David David earlier, and he told me uh, that that his conversation with, with his AAU coach where they, they told him that he does things differently than Lance Ware and Isaiah Jackson, that he, he does things that you can't teach. You know, he runs the floor well. He jumps well. He's, you know, de- defensively he's, he's there. You know, all that stuff, that's all well and good. But none of that stuff is going to be an instant impact, going to make him an instant impact player from day one no matter which way you look at it. He is raw, 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 raw. We, You know how we talked about Cliff Omarui being a you know two-year player, raw guy that, that you can't expect much? That, I mean, he looks like a polished, you know, a, a polished player compared to, to Frank Anslem. And, so, and that's somebody that me and you talked about earlier this week is if UK could do redo one situation over again, I feel like that they would redo the Cliff Omarui recruitment. Absolutely. I think that that was the one that I think that they played a little wrong. Well, they clearly played it wrong, but I think that it wouldn't have taken much to get him at Kentucky. At one point, we were told by different people that if UK wanted him, that they would get him. And I think that if you can go back in time, that would be the perfect – he wouldn't be a superstar next year, but he would be exactly what UK needs. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Travis, I know you got to go here in just a little bit, but before you leave, I want to talk about uh, McCurmaker and the latest with him and, and his massive quote that he said that he's still considering Kentucky. He, he's submitted his name in the NBA draft, but but then kind of backtracked a little bit and said, well, I'm going to go to the NBA if my draft status kind of indicates that if, if – Teams tell me that I'm a first or second round pick, then I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. But if not, I'm going to college definitively. Said 100%. He's not gonna explore any other professional options. He turned down the G League. He's going to college. Um, I know the four schools that he's talked about are uh, UCLA, Oregon, Kentucky, and Auburn. What do you know about McCur Maker, and what do you think of his potential fit at Kentucky? I think he'd be an awesome fit at Kentucky. I think he's a little bit overrated, but I think out of realistic options, I don't. Actually, I don't even consider him realistic, but we'll get to that in a minute. But out of options that are, you could see happening, I think he's one of the best that could happen for Kentucky next season. I think that he's true seven-foot, has some perimeter skills. I think he lives a little bit too much on the perimeter, but he'd be a shot-blocking presence down low. The name would get a lot of people hyped, but I will believe that a maker goes to college whenever <laughs> I see it. And if they do... I will really, really believe whenever I see it if it's Kentucky. I believe, if he went to college, I believe he'd go someplace like Oregon yeah. or um, 
Arizona or someplace out there in on the West Coast. I have a hard time seeing him in Kentucky, but it's one of those things like you and I talked about. You said that you'd heard that they had told – I'll tell you – I'll let you say that about what Kentucky told uh, Thonmaker a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so the – from my understanding, back in the day when I think it was this the you know midway through 2015, when in the in the heat of Thon Maker's recruitment again, he was a top five, top ten level recruit. Uh, everybody loved him the same way people love McCur Maker, and he, you know he was playing the game saying, "Oh, I like Arizona State, I like you know Kentucky, I like some of these blue bloods, I like Kansas." He was kind of you know being wishy washy about his recruitment, and then those rumblings of profe- you know going professional. Same thing we saw with McCur Maker that we're seeing with McCur Maker right now. He, he kind of addresses the colleges that he's interested in, but those professional rumblings keep coming. They, they, you know, they keep circulating. And I was told back during those recru- that, that recruitment with Thon Maker that the Kentucky coaching staff, John Calipari basically looked at Thon and, and, his, and you know, the people that are close to him and said, look, this, the day you want to get serious about your recruitment and the day you want to get serious about college – we will answer your phone call. But until then, we're going to start focusing on our other bigs. We're going to focus on other, you know, potential targets, you know, grad, you know, transfers, whatever. We're going to look at our other options and move forward as if you're not going to be here. And if you want to tell us that you're going to take college seriously and that you're going to actually go, go, you're going to end up on campus, let us know we have a roster spot for you. And I'm under the from, – from what I'm told – they, it wasn't a the same conversation they had with McCurr, but it was basically a when you if you let us know that you are serious about college and that you want to do this, let's do this. We will have you. We'd love to have you. You'd be a perfect fit on this roster. But until then, we're going to keep looking at our own options and we're going to see what else we can find out there because we're not going to be left empty-handed. I mean, you have to look at it from John Calipari's side. Imagine going all in on McCurr Maker. And saying, you know, you're our guy, we're going to pencil you in on our front court. And then him say, ah, well, some, you know, the San Antonio Spurs said they'd love to have me in the second round. Uh, I'm going to have to take that opportunity. Thanks, but no thanks. I mean, you, you, Calipari can't leave himself, you know, can't leave empty-handed. He has to be able to, you know, still establish a, a connection with him, but but understand that that he might have to go elsewhere if, if McCurr doesn't take this process seriously. So and- – one thing, one last thing before I hop off here. Let's talk about tempering expectations earlier. Another thing about Maker Maker, you hear the Maker name because Thon Maker is such a huge high school presence. He was one of the best mixtapes of all time, just dominating at seven foot from the inside and outside. Thing is, McCurr isn't probably three quarters as good as uh, as Thon was, and yeah. you see what Thon's doing in, in doing in the NBA. Not too much at all. So, before you think that this is an, just an automatic all-star, if UK was to get him, which I said, I will believe whenever I see it that he even goes to college, that I would temper my expectations on that as well. Well, I, I'll keep going about McCurmaker, but you got to jump off, Travis, while while we do that. Uh, where can fans find your work? You can find me on Twitter at TravGraph underscore Rivals. You can find me on Cats Illustrated on the Rivals Network. We're almost finished with our – Sign up for the two-month free premium access. It's a it's a great deal. We've had like 350 people sign up over the past couple of weeks. It's House of Blue community. Come chat with us about whatever going on in Kentucky sports, about whatever's going on in the entire sports world. Have a voice with your membership, unlike a lot of other places. 
So that's that's my biggest selling point for that. But yeah, it's been fun as always, Jack. Yeah, I appreciate you jumping on, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon, man. All right, see you, man. We want to thank Travis for, for jumping on again and, and providing his insights. Always good stuff with him. We wish David could jump in uh, as well, but he had some family stuff to get to, so we'll we'll have him back on next week. But to move on with, with McCurr Maker and kind of drive that point home, McCurr, I don't want to say it, it's a, it, that there's zero chance that he ends up in Kentucky, but as Travis said, there's just – Knowing his recruitment and kind of the, the what he presents to the public, and, and I remember I talked to him at the MBPA Top 100 camp last summer, and he hyped Kentucky up like no other, said, you know, you look at John Calipari and what he's done with guys like DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns. He, you know, he, he knows his stuff. He has become quite familiar with the Kentucky basketball program and what John Calipari and Kenny Payne have done with the big men. And, and I think – if he wanted to take this this seriously and say, okay, I know that I'm not a polished piece. Everybody calls him the seven foot unicorn, you know, a, a guy that that is seven feet tall, but you know, kind of an inside out game. He can extend his game to the perimeter, bring the ball up the floor, pass, you know, passing skills. He does it all, but he does everything well, but not. He's not great. He's one of those guys that he's good at a lot of things, but he's not great at any one thing. And I think that's kind of what presents easy highlights and, and impressive highlights, but it doesn't really paint the real picture of who he is as an on court player. And I think if he wants to become the NBA star that Thon Maker wasn't able to become because he did go straight to the professional ranks and, and because he did just go straight to the NBA. I think going to a place like Kentucky where he could make those good skills turn into great ones under a guy like Kenny Payne, who is, you know, the proof is in the pudding with him. He's done that with, with all NBA, all-star type players that, I mean, it makes sense. It is a, it makes a ton of sense. And if you're John Calipari and you look at the, the landscape of, of recruiting and you say, okay, we, we could get Frank Anslum in the next week or two. We feel pretty solid about him. But from there, you know that you have to sign an immediate impact type guy. And the grad transfer market, you know, I think Olivier Saar at Wake Forest is a perfect, perfect fit with, with what Kentucky's trying to do. And they, you know, they just announced that a, a new head coach. That head coach said that they're going to bring in um, a, a brand new, a brand new coaching staff. And and I think uh, Saar said that that that. He was going to stick. He's going to stay the course with Wake Forest if Randolph Childress uh, was was retained on the coaching staff. But if he isn't, that is a guy that would that would be a perfect fit at Kentucky. If not, I think they'll look at the reclass ranks and see if there's anybody else. You know, decides last second that they want to. Ch- you know, they might change their mind about potentially moving up a year. I know Musa Musa is a guy that is rumored to to be making a jump, but. I think he's he's going to announce his list cut tomorrow. Kentucky is going to be included in that. But I think the, the general rumblings right now is that he is going to end up at LSU. And I think Florida State has kind of established itself as kind of a dark horse. But LSU is the favorite. I don't see Kentucky being any higher than third or fourth on his list, to be totally honest. So I wouldn't expect him. Paolo Bencaro, we've talked about him on this podcast a whole bunch. Um, you know, he's he's been adamant that he's not going to be reclassing, and, and until he specifies otherwise, we I don't think we should expect that in the slightest. Um, Efton Reed is a guy that we talked about last week. Kentucky reached out to him 
I was told that a, that an individual to the Kentucky basketball program talked to him, and the general feel with him is that they don't know if it's a if it's a legitimate possibility for him to end up at Kentucky in 2020. Uh, I think Virginia has done a heck of a job with him. He's from he's from that area, so they you know they've kind of established that stay at home vibe with him, and that you know the coaching staff's done a phenomenal job with 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 him there. And I think the general feel around Kentucky is that it's just, it, you know, if, if he were to stay in 2021, maybe. But if he were to make a jump, I just don't think I, – I think they, they're they a little bit behind in his recruitment to to make a, a splash and potentially secure a commitment from him. So the the reclass options are there. I, I'm sure they'll they'll still explore. And, again, the, the NCAA changed the rule on reclasses to where it's, it's almost – too easy to make the jump to 2020. So I I, I, I assure you that there are going to be some surprise jumps. Uh, I know we talked about Jonathan Kaminga, but I think the general consensus with him is that he's not uh, that he's not favoring Kentucky in the slightest right now. I think that I'd probably put them at a, a third or fourth as well. Um, I wouldn't, so I wouldn't expect him for next year, but he could be another guy that that potentially jumps in the next couple months. Um, they'll look down in the you know the twenty to thirty range, the thirty to forty range, and see if there's a guy that 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 could be a, a high profile you know a late bloomer type or somebody that was under recruited or uh, you, you know the options are out there, but they are becoming more and more scarce by the day. And that's why if you look at a guy like McCurr Maker, who is, you know, you know he's he's a top 15 kid, high potential, you, you know, I, I don't, you know, medium floor, I guess. I think you, you could you could expect, a, you know, maybe a eight and five from him at the at the minimum could be a, a star. But I think you could expect, an, you know, that level of production out of him as a freshman as he you know, works his way to the NBA ranks. And to get a guy like him this late would be a solid get. It's just, as Travis said, knowing the knowing the history of, of that family and, and trying to get them on col- on a college campus, it's just the history is not necessarily there. And it, it'd, be, it'd definitely be a process. So that's something that they'd have to keep in mind. But, um, you know, it – I, I I do get a sense that Kentucky's that they're they're scrambling. They're trying to find who could be the best fit, and uh, I'm interested. I'm very very intrigued with how they plan on closing this roster out. Um, I do think that they're going to end up landing for Frank Anslem, but from there, I, I guess we'll see. Um, with that, I I'll, we'll we'll call it quits here. You can find my work. On Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. You can find me via email jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com and on the website kentuckysportsradio.com. And with that, we will be back next week for another jam packed Source of Say podcast. We will see you there.